Barry Soper, senior political correspondent, with us. Hey, Barry. Good afternoon, Heather. Barry, what do you make of this argument about the climb, about the um, the, the carpet going into the schools? Um, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's uh, eight hundred rural schools in New Zealand. They're yeah. going to be recarpeted, and they're going to generally be done up. But uh, it, it'll be a lot of carpet, there's no doubt about that. And um, the Ministry of Education, in its infinite wisdom, decided they'd go offshore uh, to look for this carpet, and they uh, have chosen an American company called Milliken, and uh, they're going to be supplying the carpet. It's uh, nylon carpet, basically. Uh, and the argument against it is not just that it wasn't based in New Zealand, but the fact is it's against the government's climate change record, that nylon is essentially plastic. Uh, It's not biodegradable. And, uh, of course, we are wool producers in this country. But it was interesting, I've been talking to somebody within the industry today, and they said, um, in fact, if you went wool, and I'm not opposed to wool because I think wool is a wonderful product, personally, but um, the manufacturing process for wool to get onto the floor as a carpet uh, would probably more, be more climate unfriendly than what nylon is. And I must say, having said that, that this came from the perspective of somebody involved in the nylon industry. They would say that, wouldn't they? But so there's arguments every which way. But um, I'll tell you what, it's caused an uproar with farmers and certainly some teaching professionals. Uh, one primary school principal that called it um, totally hypocritical uh, for the government to go offshore because... The fact is that we have tons of carpet manufacturers in this country, whether it's wool or nylon carpet. Why Why do we um, farm out something as essential as carpet uh, to an overseas uh, country? No, I, I think the farmers have got a point here, right? Because, because this is a government that puts climate the need of the climate ahead of everything else, everything right? Else, to the right. extent that they want to, 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 to impose a levy on farmers that would shut down 20% of our sheep yes. and beef farms, which is so ludicrous. Yep. But that's what they want to do because, you know, the climate. Yep. And then and when here it they come, have the opportunity. And suddenly to the Ministry of Education <laughs> and these guys or whoever's funding this, suddenly yes. the climate's not the be-all and end-all. Suddenly money's important and durability's well, important. Well, money's clearly more important than the climate. Well, come on. And if that, it's good for the goose, been, it's good for the gander, yeah, right? that's been the problem with this government from the start, hasn't it? It's expediency rather well, it's, than a commitment it's happy uh, to and they force, always claim. It's, it's happy to force its principles on others, but then yeah. not live by those principles itself, exactly. right? Exactly, yep a la two planes, <laughs> all the way through to what Manila. Let's be careful. I'll where tell the you what the argument's was. a bit like, though. Also, is um, when you think of um, the uh, Kiwi Bank as opposed to yeah. Westpac, uh, Westpac for our banking, the government banking. Now, government banking would be worth tens of millions of dollars a year, and they've always gone. And there was a move I remember some years ago to say, why don't we bank? Why doesn't the government bank with Kiwi Bank, New Zealand-owned bank, rather than Australian-owned? And uh, apparently Kiwi Bank isn't equipped enough uh, to be able to cope with the government business. But, okay, having said that, why not pump a bit of money? They've been looking for capital for years. Pump a bit of money into Kiwi Bank and make it truly New Zealand by the government using it as its official banker. I would. I couldn't agree more. If you're gonna, if you want Thank composition, you, you should do that. Barry, um, we mentioned this earlier. Are you gonna flip out if the feral cats uh, are put on the government's kill list? <laughs> are you gonna be one of those people calling talkback losing your mind? Well, um, no, I'm not, um, because I'm not. I'm not a great cat lover. I've oh. got to say, but 
Um, it is interesting, isn't it, that uh, Willow Jean Prime, who's now the Conservation Minister, yes. um, we've got uh, this policy that'll see New Zealand pred- predator-free by 2025. And uh, when they... When 2050, they first... Barry. No, I think it's, it's 2000. 2050. Are you sure? Yes. Oh, I do apologise, Heather, you're right. I just want to give them a few more years, like yeah, two years right. is a little bit ambitious. Well, I thought a couple of years they could possibly <laughs> uh, make a good headway into it anyway, but... Um, when they first mooted this, it was um, the uh, this Labour government, and uh, because it was such an unpopular move to include feral cats in it, yeah. uh, they decided against it. So they bowed to public opinion, and uh, those who um, you know are afraid that our, our native species is being destroyed, not just by uh, feral cats, I might add. I mean, there are many other predators, possums and the like, that um, can be trapped. Yeah. But um, feral cats, but how do you know, Heather, and I'm not a great cat lover, how do you know the difference between a feral cat and a domestic cat? If they're out in the bush. I mean, if they're out, how far is the well, bush away you know, from other houses? Well, you may live on the edge of an urban well, area then it's complicated, and you right? in the bush. If you're yeah. living in Mount Vic in Wellington... Well, you'd know then. No, you don't know because don't the, the cats can wander into the Mount Vic well, bush and they... Well, that is true. Right? Yeah, yeah. But if you're living way out, if, if the cat is way out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. it's probably a feral cat. But and they look you different. you like to destroy one of those yes, beautiful Barry. little moggies? Okay, we've had enough of that, Barry. Oh, Thank okay. you. I appreciate that. Do, what, is there something else you wanted to talk about really quickly? Do you want to have a quick... <laughs> very quickly, very quickly, what's your hot take on the Human Rights Commission? Wanting a, wa- a housing watchdog. Yeah, well, listen, I uh, listened to it, uh, uh, an interview on uh, state radio this morning. Yes. And this man was going on and on and on and on. And I thought, who the hell is this guy? And it was um, Paul Hunt, the Human Rights Commissioner. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, um, uh, this is an organisation that ACT wants to get rid of. And uh, no doubt uh, David Seymour listened to the same interview and said they wouldn't know the difference between a hammer and a nail. Yeah. And he said, get rid of them. Because, uh, you know, if you're talking about human rights, okay, go out and build houses for everybody and see how you get on with that. Labor thought about that, 100,000 houses, remember? Yeah, well done to them. Hey, Barry, thank you very much. Barry Soper, Senior Political Correspondent. For more from Heather Duplessy Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.